Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. You have your Bibles. Um, go with me to James 4, verse 8. Today's message is called Anointed to Be With Him. Everybody say, Anointed. To be with him. So last week we talked about alone in his presence. I just want to show of hands. How many of y'all spent some time alone in his presence? And, and I'm not talking about the quantity, but the quality. How many just made an effort? If it wasn't every day, it was at least two or three times this last week. All right. And so I just want to encourage you, if you didn't listen to last week's, if you weren't here, um, go back and listen to last week's message. It's called Alone in His Presence. And today, based on that, we're going to continue. We're going to talk about anointed to be with Him. Everybody say anointed to be with Him. A lot of times people want the, the anointing and they want to show off. But I'm telling you, the greatest part of being anointed is to be with God Almighty. God wants you to be with Him. That's what, and we're going to take you through some scriptures. So James chapter 4, James chapter 4, it's one of the greatest promises, one of the greatest, it's not the only, but it's one of the greatest promises in the Bible. I believe that maybe the greatest promise in the Bible could be summed up in, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, that's good news. That I never have to be alone. He never, he's never going to abandon me. He's never going to disown me. I am his eternally. He belongs to me. He knows my name. He called me out of darkness, accepted me in the beloved, that I'm no longer a stranger or an enemy of God, but I'm a child of God. Amen. So James chapter 4, verse 8. James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. James was real rough, right? <laughs> Today, he was like, you're politically incorrect, buddy. You can't call me a sinner. <laughs> Perhaps he, you know, he got the feedback. But let's focus on James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So we talked about this last week, about being alone in his presence. This is one of the greatest promises in the Bible, that the fact that we can draw near to God, and he's going to draw near to us. Draw near to God. He's going to draw near to us. This is a command. James is encouraging a, a deliberately cultivated fellowship. He's encouraging us to draw near to God. Uh, he, he's not like holding back. He says, but he, above that, he talks about humbling yourself, resisting the devil, submitting yourself to God. Then he gives the command, draw near to God. I don't know about you, but if you look around, there's not too many people who are close to God. They're not near to God. They're not living out a intimacy with God. They live from a place, perhaps religion or from a secular or from the world. But God's calling us to live from a place of being near him. We are anointed to be with him. Say, I am, I am anointed, anointed to be with him. Now, we talked about fellowship. Fellowship is a matter of choice, but relationship is a matter of birth. So we're related to who we're related to. That's the simple fact that we were born into that family. We didn't choose our parents. We didn't choose our brothers and sisters. But 
God chose those for us. Or mom and dad got together and they just had us. <laughs> Whether they planned it or not, we're here. So we, we had no choice. Likewise, when we get born again, we can't choose our, that the fact that we're saved, God is our father. He chose us. The Bible says, Jesus says, I, you haven't chosen me, but I chose you. So that is the cho God choosing us. But fellowship is a matter of choice. We have to choose to spend time with God every day. If you don't choose to spend time with God every day, guess what? You will not spend time with God every day. What, what's the relationship like when you don't spend time with somebody? There's distance. There's coldness. There's, um, you don't know what's going on in their mind or their emotions. They don't know what's going on with you and so forth. So you really can't have a, a real vibrant relationship with somebody if you don't spend time with them. So fellowship in the Greek simply means communion, a common union. Sharing in common, excuse me, sharing in common, a partnership. You think about a, a, a marriage, you, there's a partnership, right? For those who are married, you, you're, you're partners in life, partners in, in grace, partners in the Lord. Um, it also means, fellowship means to be a partaker. So we partake of his divine nature. We exchange our sins for his forgiveness. Our shame for his liberty. Come on. Our, our, our worries for his peace. Our sickness for his health. Our death for his life. Our name for his name. He takes our name and put it in the Lamb's Book of Life and gives us his name to use against the enemy. There is an exchange. He takes our humility and gives us his exaltation. He takes our are also part of that humility. He, he, he gives us his grace. He resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Come on. Th this is the best partnership that you can ever have. Amen. He, if you partner with God in this communion, this common union, you can, ever, you can never go wrong. Time with God is never wasted time. It's always profitable to spend time with God, whether it's five minutes or five hours, you spend time with God, he's going to spend time with you. Amen. You make it a point. You put the word of God first place and he'll put first place. He'll 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 make sure whatever is concerning you, he'll perfect that. Amen. That's good news. We are in a, a fellowship. God is faithful. He's called us into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in 1 John, for truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. And Paul says in Corinthians, um, um, the sweet fellowship of the saints. Oh, excuse me, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So we're to fellowship with the Father God, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit daily. And we talked about that. So that word fellowship means a um, it also means communication. It means a body of persons having similar tastes. I thought that was unique. A similar views or interests, association, companionship. And when you spend time with somebody, what happens? You, you kind of become like them, right? You pick up mannerisms. You pick up slang or, or, or the way they say certain words. How many ever spent some time with somebody and, and it's, you just pick up stuff? You know, they tell you, they tell us that if you, um, 
Five years. If you're with somebody for five years, you, you spend time with somebody for five years, right? Uh, over and over, you become like them. You adapt their habits. You adapt their mindset. They adapt your mindset and so forth. You become like the person you hang out with. So if you're hanging with someone for five years, the way that they are is the way you're going to be. There's an exchange. They're going to pick up habits and you're going to pick up habits and so forth. And so think about this. Spending time with God, you're going to pick up his habits. You're going to pick up his thoughts. He's not going to pick up yours and mine. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Thank God. But he's going to pick up. I mean, we're going to pick up his thoughts and his ways. Many times um, we try to reverse the process by wanting God to do something and we respond. But in actuality, we are to make the first step. God responds to our faith. It takes faith to draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. So by faith, you got to spend time with him. By faith, you got to open your mouth and pray. By faith, you got to spend time reading the Bible. By faith, you got to lift up your hands and praise God. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to what? Hmm. Faith is a very important thing. You cannot, the Bible tells, um, Paul told, told Timothy to pursue righteousness, but he also, he put in there, pursue faith. So we should pursue our faith. We, you should want to have strong faith. And so here it says, but without faith, it is impossible. Notice it says without good works, it's impossible. It says, but without faith, faith, faith is important. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God, that's the draw near again, he must what? Must believe that he exists and that he is what? Of those who diligently seek him, right? King James says diligently seek him. ESV just says that he rewards those who seek him. God is a rewarder. Amen. If you seek God, he'll reward you for seeking him. That is a, the best deal in town. That it, God will bless you for seeking him. Man, that's good news. I mean, he's going to pay you for seeking him. And you can't beat that deal. I mean, most of us, we're, we, we seek relationships that we don't even have benefits from. <laughs> There's no benefits of it. I mean, personally, you know, we, we're going after people who don't even want to deal with us. And yet God says, seek me and I'll pay you. Seek first the kingdom and I'll add to you. You give to me, I'll give back to you in this sum. You give me humility, I'll give you some grace. You give me your words, I'll give you some peace. You give me some sorrows, I'll give you my joy. And I'll give you joy that the world can't even take away. Circumstances can't take away. I give you, I give you the peace that will bring you up to heaven. And it'll be the peace that will last throughout your lifetime and into eternity. That's good news. Amen. So he that comes to God must believe that he is or that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him or diligently seek him. I'm telling you, if you'll spend time with God, he'll pay you for spending time with him. Man, imagine that. 
that you say, okay, PD, I want to hang out. I want PD comes to you. I come to you and say, oh, I want, I want you to hang out with me. I'll give you $25 an hour just to hang out with me. <laughs> all right. How much more? Somebody say, all right now. How much more God will spend and pay you for spending time with him? Amen. As we draw near to the Lord, we must do so in faith. God does not intrude, intrude upon our lives, but he comes by invitation only. He comes by invitation only. If we don't come to him and call upon his name, we will remain in our sins and in a dry place. We have a part to play. You got to open your mouth and call out to him. You got to read and study the scriptures. You got to worship. If you don't do that, you won't have that relationship, that fellowship. Go with me to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Says this. Behold, I stand at the door. This is Jesus speaking. How do we know it's Jesus? It's in the red right now. Uh, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Jesus was not talking, this was not talking to the world, but it was actually written to the church. Jesus is talking about knocking at the door of the heart of the believer. So every day you wake up, Jesus is knocking at your door, the door of your heart, so that he can come in and spend some time with you. Notice he doesn't come. He doesn't force the door down. He comes by invitation only. You have to open your heart up. When you spend time with God. In order for him. For you to have that fellowship. It can't just be a thing of religion. There are Muslims who pray five times a day. There are Jews. There are different people who pray all the time. Prayer alone does not get you into the presence of God. Singing songs of worship doesn't necessarily get you into the presence of God. It is spending, having an open heart to God as, he's, as, you, as you spend time with him. Notice that he's knocking at the door of your heart every single day. Every day that you live, God, God the Son is knocking at your heart wanting to come in. What is he going to do? He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and I will eat with him and he with me. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. I mean, we, we, we talk about Christian fellowship. We like to fellowship around food, right? A lot of church folks, it, it's, it, it'll never go without a generation of uh, time. Church folks will not spend time around some type of food. We like to eat and talk about the Lord. The Lord is good. So is the sweet potato. <laughs> so think about Jesus wants to spend time with you, dine with you every single day. But it's up to us to open that door for him to come in. Go last scripture before I go into the practical. Mark chapter three. For this part, Mark chapter three. Verse 13 and 14 and 15 it says, Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 15. And he went up on the mountain 
And he called to him those who he desired that they came to him. He appointed 12 whom he also named apostles. And the word appointed in the Greek means he anointed. He anointed 12 whom he also named apostles. Notice he went up to the mountain and he called those whom he desired. He appointed 12 so that they may be what? So they may be what? With him and he may send them out to preach. <clears throat> and have authority to cast out demons. And he goes on. Notice this. The, 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 I guess the way to do it is you spend time with God first, and then he sends you out on a mission. What we have done is we have taken up the mission first instead of spending time with God. He has anointed us to be with him. Your first ministry is first and foremost with him. Amen. Say, my first ministry is with Jesus. My first ministry is with the Father. My first ministry is with the Holy Spirit. Don't ever get that confused. If you ever get that confused, you're out of order. First ministry is always with God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Um, seek those things which are above. Seek his face. Long to be in his presence. First and foremost, that is the number one, that is the order, the first order of the day. Before you do anything, you should spend time with God. And I'm not saying, well, does that mean that I need to brush my teeth before or after? Brush your teeth. <laughs> so you won't be knocked out and think it was the slain in the spirit because, you know, oh, wow, the presence of God was really strong. No, your breath. <laughs> oh, God, I knocked myself out. <laughs> you ain't go, oh, that was a glorious time. God was like, whoa, he's brush teeth. <laughs> brush your teeth. Do what you got to do. And spend time with God. Make an appointment every day. Let me say this. Every day you have an appointment with God. Every day. And I'm not talking about quantity. I'm not talking about 12 hours. If you got 12 hours, spend 12 hours. But I'm talking about spending some time with God. You got to make some, you got to make this a, a habit. This has to be priority. Don't tell me God is first in your life and you don't ever spend time with him. People, it, it, it irks me. I love the Lord. They don't come to church. They don't read their Bible. They pray. They always ask him for something. No, you don't love the Lord. You love what you think. I mean, you have a fiction or a, 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 a ideology of what you think the Lord is like. We love the image that we draw of the Lord. We love that image of him. We analyze what we think is Jesus. We, you know, you've noticed people say, I think this is wrong because I think it's wrong. And I think the Lord thinks it's wrong because I think it's wrong. I hate the sin, and this is very popular. You live your truth. Dumb. That's the dumbest thing that... Today's person can never say, live your truth. No, there is one truth. It's God's truth. It's God's reality. Amen. It's God's perspective. You may have a perception of something, but it doesn't mean that it's true. You may think that no one likes you, but perhaps there's something you're doing to not make people like you. Oh, come on. 
Or you, oh, the devil's after me. You know, every time I get a job, he, he you know, he just makes me lose a job. Well, if you go to work late all the time and half-heartedly do your work and try to evangelize everybody on the job, of course you're going to lose your job and the enemy had nothing to do with it. I remember being in Bible college and um, th- this guy, he was, um, he, 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 he um, couldn't keep his phone on and it was like, the devil just don't want me to witness. No, you need to pay your bill. The devil had nothing to do with that. <laughs> if you paid your bill on time, maybe they, you know, they wouldn't turn off your phone. That's the same way you live your truth. Don't live your truth. Live, live God's truth. Amen. Have you ever heard that? I mean, people say it over and over. And I'm like, oh, live your truth. I'm living my truth. Even gospel singer, my truth. One gospel singer just said recently, hell is a fairy tale. <laughs> and got mad because everybody started start canceling. His engagement, well-known gospel artist. And I'm like, this is crazy. Why you get mad? Because now you, and I say, well, when we get gospel artists coming in here, I'm going to have like a contract and say, do you believe that the Bible is God's word? Do you believe in heaven and hell? Check yes and no. And it's like, they said, nope, nope, nope. Okay, don't, thank you. Don't come. You, If you can have a contract for a certain amount of money, we can have a contract what you believe. Amen. <laughs> so, the fourth, first order of the day is to be with him. Notice it says, he appointed or anointed the 12 so that they may be with him, that he may send them out. So first, the first ministry is to be with him. And then he's going to send you out. All right. Let's talk about this practically. How do we live near to God? How do we are anointed to be with him? How do we be with him? I'm glad you asked. Last week, we talked about how to spend time with God in the word. So you haven't listened to last week's sermon? It's called Alone in His Presence. And so we talked about the Word of God. Um, spending regular time with God, digesting the Word through reading, through studying, and meditating the Scriptures. And we talked a little bit about prayer last week. But let me give you a few other things. Private and public worship. Private and public worship is also part of how we live near to God. So you got your private time with God. That's you and Jesus and no one else. And then you have the corporate worship. How many know corporate worship is just as important as private worship? We live in a time when now people like, they, they oh, it's just me and Jesus and nobody else. No, you need the body of Christ. So he doesn't only save you to himself, for himself, but he saved you for the body. You don't, you don't ever see a lung, the lungs say, oh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just, it's just me. I, I'm just, I just, I can live by myself. No. They function together. You think about the body, the physical body. Your body parts need each other, right? The finger, the hands. The uh, what about the heart? What if the heart just says, "You know what? I'm just gonna live by myself." <laughs> what, <laughs> what about the liver? <laughs> what about the kidneys? I'm just gonna live by myself. You know? Is it? What about the toe? Oh, I, I could. Get, I got this thing. Oh, what about the earrings? Look, you know, some people they have. You know, they dress the earrings up. I mean, the ears up. What about, you know, they put earrings on it. The ear like, oh, look at me. I look good. What about the eyes? I'm just going to live by myself. But we, we you know what I'm saying? We, we, the, the body needs each other, right? You think about the, all the members of the body. Spiritually speaking, don't we need each other? It's not just you and the creator. Though the creator created you and sustained you, but you need the body to function, 
Because if you don't have the body to function, you're not going to fulfill this great destiny, my purpose in life. Everybody's talking about purpose and destiny and all this. And I'm not preaching against those things. Uh, but guess what? Sometimes he just saves us to live ordinary lives. <laughs> That's not popular, right? Uh, in, the, in the midst of the self-help guru time, you know, like, oh, you got you to gotta go out and you got to risk it all. And you got to do great things. But guess what? Ordinary things can be supernatural, too. It takes ordinary just to love the same person over a period of 40, 50 years and be married to them and committed to them. <laughs> it's ordinary to take care of a baby and have sleepless nights and, and have your house forever dirty and, and food on the wall. It takes supernatural grace. It takes grace to go get up and go to that job when your employer is full of the devil and you just want to kill them and you want to leave. It, it, takes, it takes grace to go to that school and work and work on your PhD, work on your master, work on your bachelor or your associates or high school, whatever the case may be. It, it takes grace to deal with that um, hoopty. <laughs> Come on, I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> I mean, it takes grace. So it's supernatural means to live day by day. So don't think about the Christian life as this big, this big event. Oh, I'm getting to my destiny. God says the journey is just as important as the destiny. Amen. It's the everyday stuff. Oh, when you don't want to spend time with God and you go and you get up and say, oh, Lord, I love you and I worship you, oh, God. And you read one chapter. I mean, that's that's time with God. That's that's the anointing at work in your life. It, it, it's not just these great moments. But it's those small moments, the small conversations, the small, I love you, Jesus, or thank you, Jesus. Public and private. Feasting out at the Lord's table. So when we take the communion, we take communion. That is that is a um, we are communion. We are having fellowship with God. So this morning, as we took the Lord's Supper, we were fellowshipping with God. That's his table. Let's not despise that. It's not just a ritual we go through every first Sunday or whatever Sunday. But we're actually spending time with God. We're actually corporately recognizing what Jesus did for us. Fellowshipping with God and God fellowshipping with us, it just doesn't happen. But we actually have to take the first step. This is our first obedience of the first, first order of the day. I'm going to say something. The Christian fight and focus is to live near to God. Would y'all agree? The Christian fight and focus is to live near to God. We must maintain our union with him. So let me give you, last week we talked about reading the word and so forth. But let, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's talk about a little bit of prayer. So we talked about spending time speaking well of the Lord, coming before his presence with thanksgiving, thanking him, um, for things that you don't see and, and trusting him to bring those things to pass, being specific in prayer in your prayer time, praying for others. We talked about praying for others. How many know it's important that we pray with, for others and not become selfish in our prayer time? You can just pray for you and your four and that no, no more. You and your two, you and your one, just me and mine. How many know that's selfish? If, if, all, if all your prayer time is about you and your family, you have missed the point. You got to pray for other people. It, it is important 
to pray for the president, whether you like him or not, you need to pray for him, or whether you like her or not, depending on what country you're in, right? King, queen, or whatever the case may be. You got to pray for those under authority. That's the Bible. This morning, on our way to here, we begin to pray for President Trump. Destin said to me the other day, why do we always got to pray for the president? <laughs> I say the same thing. <laughs> because the Bible says so. <laughs> why does the Bible tell us to pray for those in authority? You got to talk to God about this. <laughs> There's some questions I just cannot answer. <laughs> um, so pray for the president. That's part of the calling of the believer. Praying for those, the governor, and praying for officers, praying for mayors, praying for other churches. Come on. If we just pray for our church, we're wrong. We're off. We're in error. Did you hear me? If you only pray for KLM, you're off. And I'm the under shepherd, and I serve here. And, and we pray this morning, we, I think we called out four other churches, lifted them up, praying for God to invade their services, praying for their, the pastor to speak the word of God. You got to pray for other people, pray for other believers outside of just your local assembly. Pray for others. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's not It's easy to be selfish, even with the local church. It's just my church. Our church got it going on. No, no, we're just one of the many, many, many members of the body. This is, the, the body of Christ is not limited to KLM. We are just a cell compared to all the billions and billions of cells in the world. Come on. That's a reality. When we get to heaven, it's going to be one church of many. <laughs> like, wow, Lord, I didn't even know you were that big. You got black churches, white churches, Hispanic churches, Japanese churches, mixed churches, all kinds of churches, right? You got this kind of music. Some churches, they, they have reggae for praise and worship. Some churches, they got, <laughs> they got, they just got orchestra and classical. La, la, la. They singing hymns. <laughs> I mean, it, we, we, can, we can rejoice in that all. Amen. So we got to pray for others. How do you spend time with God? Now, I'm going to talk about, you know, I'm going to bring this up, praying in other tongues. It's important as you spend time with God every day that you spend some time praying in other tongues. Why? Because you're praying out the plan of God. You're praying perfect prayers. You're giving, you're offering up perfect praise, as 1 Corinthians 14 says. You're praying out mysteries. Do not underestimate the power of praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you're praying out God's plan for your life. You're praying mysteries before the Father. He delights. Listen, you, there's no need to pray in tongues when you get to heaven. Tongues is only for here, not for when you go there. Amen? So take advantage of that time and pray in the Spirit. Pray out the plan of God. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, praise and worship. Praise and worship. Um, you got to come before His presence with singing. Sing an old song. Sing a new song. Sing to the Lord. Psalm 100. Spend time singing to the Lord. God wants us to sing to him. He is a singing God. He enjoys music. He, create, he created music. We need to sing, even if you're not the greatest singer. Amen? <laughs> but know that you have a concert to sing for the audience of one, and it should be daily. The Bible commands us 116 times to so sing to the Lord. 116 times is a lot of times. 
He's emphasizing, what if I don't like singing? Well, start liking singing because he likes it. It's not about what you like or you don't like. It's about what he likes. God enjoys music. If you don't like music, wait till you don't go to heaven. It's a lot of music. I mean, when he calls the church home, he's going to play the trumpet. He's sending an a, a, a archangel to play the trumpet. If you don't like music, guess what? Everything about God is music. He is, he is music. He is the ultimate musician. He, he created Lucifer. Check this out. He created a whole section of angels just to do nothing but worship him through music. Lucifer, he was an instrument to sing and facilitate the, the praises of God through music and singing. So get used to singing. Sing a song. Sing an old song. Sing a new song. Mix it up. Sing in tongues. Sing in your native tongue. English. Creole. Whatever language you speak. Sing to the Lord. Get the conviction. It's not enough just to pray and read the Bible. You got to mix some singing with it. Lord, I love you. I worship you. I sing to you. I love you. And you just, and if you'll listen to the Spirit, the Spirit will give you lyrics to sing to Him. It, they may rhyme or they may not rhyme. It doesn't matter. I'm not trying to sell like Drake, you know, build iTunes, drop the latest project. No, uh, you, you, you need to drop the latest project to Him. Yeah. Amen. I, I'm producing some music for Him. Yeah. And it's the archives of heaven. And he's going to listen to it. And he's going to rejoice on it. And if it's real good, you'll get him to move his feet. And if he starts moving his feet, things start shaking and breaking off of your life. Amen. It says Paul and Silas, they were in prison. And they were praying. And they were singing at midnight. And it got so good to the Lord. How do you know it's his feet, PD? Because the Bible says the heaven is his throne. And the earth is what? His. And what do you put on the footstool? Your feet, right? And so he began to, they began to pray and sing at midnight, which speaks of the, the midnight time of your life. It's not a time to complain, but it's to pray and to sing. And he began to, they began to pray and began to sing praises to the Lord. And it got so good to God that he began to shake his feet to the place that the whole jail, <laughs> it cracked open. It was an earthquake. <laughs> I wonder if we would sing one day and the Lord had cracked this building open. Y'all got scared. <laughs> like, oh no, if that's God, BD. That's not. But I'm telling you, it, it can get good to God. And God said, so he'd get excited. Because the Bible says um, that God inhabits the praises of his people. And part of that is that he gets up off his throne and he receives it. If you're not singing praises, then there's nothing for him to receive. You live your whole life and you never sung to the Lord except for in church. The reason why it's hard for some praise and worship leaders is because people are not praising and worshiping at home. If the only time you praise and worship God is in here, you have missed the Christian mark, the Christian walk. You got to praise and worship out every day. From the you know, the Bible says if he if we don't praise him, what's what's gonna happen? The rocks. Right? So don't let a rock take your place. You get in line and he says, I'm a worshiper, I'm a praiser, and I'm going to sing, and I'm going to praise God every single day. Every day we should praise God. Every single day we should praise God. Listen, this got to be a habit. 
This has got to be a part of your time with God. What do you mean? Do, you know, do I have to do an hour and 40 minutes? No, it, it could be five minutes, 10 minutes. Time is not the point. It's moments with God. It's you opening your mouth and singing to him and praising him. How do you praise God? The word pray, you, you're bragging about him. God, you're so good. You're thinking about what you're saying. You're so good. You're awesome. You're mighty. You're, you're wonderful. You can just take one attribute of God. You are righteous. You are holy. I praise you. I, I speak, you know, you speak well of him. You are good. You are, it says, in everything, give thanks. In everything, not for everything. If you got cancer, don't thank him for the cancer. It says, in everything, give thanks. For this is what? The will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Everybody want the will of God? Then give thanks. Give thanks. Oh, Lord, I praise you. I thank you. So if you got, you got, and I said this before, you got 10 fingers, right? Let's say you got one that's hurting. Thank God for the nine that's working. If you got $10 in the bank, thank God for the $10 in the bank. Don't complain what you don't have. Come on. Amen. If you, you know, you, if you're catching the bus, thank God for the bus. Thank you for public transportation, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you don't have cable, you have the antenna. Digital antenna. Thank you for the digital antenna. If you don't have, you don't have a TV. Thank you for the phone. You don't have a phone. Thank you for a place to stay. Oh Lord, I thank you for. If you don't have max, uh, matching socks, thank you for the socks. Come on. There's always you can always find something to complain about, but instead give thanks. Amen. Real quick. Um. So you want to brag about God? Thank Him for all the good stuff in your life. Don't ever thank God for the bad stuff. <laughs> don't thank God for that. He, don't blame God for what the devil does or for what we do. <laughs> don't blame God. Thank you, Lord, for this debt. That, how crazy that is. You know, it's like you, you, you're, you're, you're a parent and, and you, you, you burn your kid. Now thank me for burning, me, burning you. That's crazy. Don't ever thank God for what the devil does. Don't ever thank God for what you do wrong. Are you listening to me? I'm trying to save your life. Don't, don't blame God for something that the enemy is doing in your life. And many Christians are doing that. Lord, I think, you know, if it wasn't for this trial, and they, they, people lift up trials as if, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting a greater anointing because of this. You don't get an anointing because of the trial. You get the anointing because you spend time with God. Everybody got quiet on that. But, amen. Uh, all right, real quick. Um, last part. How, well, how do we spend time with God? The art of being quiet in His presence, or solitude. Psalm forty-six, verse ten. First, Psalm forty-six, verse ten says, "Be still and know that I'm God." So we got to learn to be quiet. Some now, there's times you are loud in His presence. How many have ever got loud in His presence? Okay. And there's times you need to be quiet in His presence. How many have been quiet in His presence? How many ever fallen asleep in His presence? Just the other day. I was laying right here the other day, and I was like, what? I'm sorry, Lord. <laughs> it was so good. I just left. Oh, you're not spending time with God. Get your butt up, man. All right. Um, but being quiet. So you come before his presence, and you just quiet yourself. And in those times, he can input, download information to you, give you wisdom, 
speak to your heart, give you directions. Those quiet times, the Lord may want to speak to your spirit or minister his peace to you. Remember, prayer is not a monologue, but it's a dialogue. In the quiet times, you're able to hear clearly what the Lord is saying to your heart. Don't, again, don't seek his voice, but, but you need to seek to be led by him. If he speaks, it's because he chooses to speak to, in a way that you can understand. Whereas we do serve a speaking God, but the focus is not so, so you can hear a voice. And listen, everything that comes to your mind is not God. That is worth this whole sermon. Everything that comes to your mind is not God. Everything that comes out of your mouth is not God. So many people go on, the Lord said, and they tag that on because of the thought. Thoughts come and go. But guess what? If you don't ever act upon that thought or ever speak that thought, that thought will die. You cannot prevent thoughts from coming, but you do not have to me meditate on those thoughts. So just because something comes to your mind, don't think it's God. Test it. The Bible says, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. So test to see whether it's, it's of God. You know, oh, such and such. Okay. Write it down. It comes, keeps coming back over and over and over. And as you pray and you search the scriptures, it may be God. But don't go on everything that you, uh, uh, you get a hunch. Oh, that's God. Because <laughs> I got this hunch. I wasn't even thinking about that. So this must be God. That doesn't necessarily mean it's God, all right? I'm, how do you know that, Pastor Dwayne? Because I have been there. I said things that I thought was God. I acted upon things that I thought it was God, and it, I was totally out of order, totally off beat. I act like y'all never done that. <laughs> and you, it's okay, sir. I miss God. I miss God. At the moment, I was excited. Um, one time, I, I met this homeless person, th this couple, and they, they didn't have a coat, and I had a nice London coat. I mean, it was nice. Spent some money on it. <laughs> and, I, and, they, and, and I didn't have no money to give them, and, and so I, just, I gave them the coat. And guess what? That winter, I went without a coat. <laughs> Where was God in that? I, now, nah, I was the one who didn't have the coat. <laughs> Listen, you, you know, just because a, a need is presented doesn't mean that you have to fulfill it. <laughs> We're not to be led by needs. Did you hear me? This will save you time and money. We're not to be led by um, opportunities. Just because it's an opportunity doesn't mean it's God. Just because the pay is better doesn't mean it's God. God will sometimes lead you to a job that you pay is paying less, just for the connections. Mm, that's not popular, right? <laughs> I don't think that's God. That's too low. <laughs> Sometimes he'll decrease you so he can increase you. He's, he's going to set you up later on. So what it looks like when you lost, you might, might have won. So don't, don't always um, focus on the external. Seek the Lord if it's an opportunity or a need, but don't always have to act upon it. Say, let me get back to you. Let me, you know, let me, let me think about it. Let me talk to my provider. Amen. So it'll save you time and energy so that you won't be like, man, what happened? I was meeting a need, but did I tell you to meet that need? Sometimes it's good. People always calling you, calling you, calling you, calling you, looking for answers. Sometimes it's good not to answer the phone and let them figure it out. 
Sometimes you interrupt what God is trying to do in them by being the savior, thinking that you have to answer every call and meet every need. Sometimes it's good to let people figure it out. So I can't help you this time. I'm telling you, you get to that place. And, and I'm not saying not be mean. Like God is not going to say, well, I can't help you this time all the time. <laughs> you know, I'm not. But the other side of that is seek God for when and how. And sometimes God will have you pull back so they can figure it out so they can so God can work through them and in their lives. Sometimes we interrupt God by meeting that need or going for the opportunity. Okay, that was free. That had nothing to do. All right. Um, and then the latter part is confession of the word. Spending time confessing our sins, 1 John 1, 9. Also conf confessing our, our daily needs, confessing his word over our daily needs, confessing who we are in Christ, speaking things that are that aren't right. I mean, you know, speaking to things that aren't right, like sickness, disease, poverty, ex speaking direction. I thank you, Lord, that I'm always in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Putting his word in your mouth. That's part of spending time with God, taking that word and chewing on it and saying, Lord, I thank you. So that, you know, I have a confession book. And so I take this, I have things I've written down, things I'm believing for. Lord, I thank you for such and such. I praise you and I thank you. And I take the word. He delights in that time. Don't think of that time as wasted time. When you take some time, whether it's five minutes or ten minutes, and you speak his word over your situation, he delights in that. What, what are you talking about? Give me, give me, give me, a, give me a situation. Not necessarily yours, but just a situation. And I'm going to illustrate that. Car broke down. <coughs> so you can find your scripture. And Lord, Lord, I, I, I need wisdom. Let's say wisdom. So Father God... I know you know all things. You know my needs before I even come before you. Your word says come boldly before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. I need I, I'm in need right now. I need a car. I need wisdom. Should I pour money into this car or should I buy a new one? Father, you said in James 1, if any of us lack wisdom, let him ask of you who abrades not but give it to all liberal. I'm asking for my liberal portion of wisdom. Right now, I believe that I receive wisdom concerning this situation. I spent some time praying in tongues, and then I, and then I walked the floor. I th thank you, Lord, for the wisdom of God. I thank you that I have wisdom. I thank you that I know what to do. The Spirit of God leads me and guides me. You said, Father, in your word that when he comes, he will guide me into all truth. And I thank you that it's not limited to just the truth of your word, but the truth concerning this situation. You know the right, right thing to do at this time. So I'm asking, I thank you that you're leading me. I thank you that my steps are ordered by you and I praise you. Father, I thank you. So every time I think about that car being broken, I thank you that I have wisdom in this situation. I know what to do in this situation. I thank you. And then your spouse says, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? God's going to lead us and guide us. He's leading us and guide us. Well, I need practicality. Well, this is my practicality. Lord, I thank you for the wisdom and guidance. I thank you for ordering my steps. Spent time praying in the spirit. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. So whenever throughout the day, now I'm catching public transportation, I'm borrowing a car, I'm going to work, and, my day, and it's not happening right away. It may be a day, a week, or a month. Oh, God, okay, God, we spend all the money on Uber. Oh, God, I thank you, Lord. I praise you. I praise you, Lord, for wisdom and guidance. 
and, and you're just listening, you know, to the, to the guidance of God and, and whatever, and it just may be a fault. It says, hmm, again, don't go on every thought, but just comes up. Okay. Father, I thank you for leading me. I praise you. It comes up again. I thank you, Lord. So if it's God, it's not always you've got to act on it right, right away. God is never in a hurry. So if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. Okay. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. And so I may just write it down. This is what I got. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. I thank you that I am not led in error, that the spirit of truth is leading me and guiding me. I thank you that I'm led by the spirit of God. And he may just prompt you. It may be a situation where you can take over a car payment. It may be a situation that, you, you know, he provides you with all the money. You go down and buy the car that you need. It may He may lead you to, okay, go take it to this dealer or go take it to this garage. And it's a situation. I mean, I, I don't know, but it, it could be uh, different situations. Here. But he'll just lead you, and it'll be clear as day. And how do you know it's God? If there's peace about it. There's no, it's not, you're, not, it's not, it's, um, you're not in a hurry. Uh, it, but there's peace about it. You have peace about it. You don't, it doesn't make sense for you to do this, but you, you're going to do it anyway. You just have peace and you walk toward. And sometimes you don't know what to do until you get in that situation. OK, let's say looking for a house. Um, it's not always you, you know, oh, God's going to tell you this street, this address. But sometimes as you go look at the different homes, he says, that's it. This is it. This is the one. And it's not until you're in that situation that it's clear as day that this is the direction of God. The same way with cars and situations. So as you as you pray and believe and you receive the wisdom, then you venture out and you you look and say, let me look on online, let me check, let me call people. Hey, you know, good mechanic. Da, 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 da. And as you're talking, it's that peace in the midst of that. This is this is the way we should go. Amen. Did that help you? Yes. No. Maybe not. Okay. You don't have to say yes for yes' sake. Father, I thank you for this time, this opportunity. In Jesus' name, give your name glory and honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.